I believe that God's got a word tailor-made for every one of us this morning. So let's pray and look to Him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You so much for Your word. We thank You for speaking to us and bringing divine encouragement in each and every one of our hearts and lives. And Lord, we are careful to give You all the glory and all the praise ahead of time. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and all said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Paul addressed Timothy, and he said that in the last days, perilous times will come. One translation says that difficult times will come. Now, I don't need to tell you what it's like to have trouble in our lives. Every one of us have faced some difficulties. Now, if you're not in a season right now where everything is just moving smoothly and you're not in a season where things are difficult, still, I want you to take good notes. Because this will help you and this will encourage you. And this will enable you to look the difficulty in the face and say, no matter what, my God still reigns. My God reigns. My God is good. You know, sometimes difficulty comes because we make mistakes. We've made wrong moves. Other times difficulties come because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where the enemy walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So challenges come to every one of us. But I've discovered this, that it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you that matters. There's a great pastor in Brooklyn, New York. His name is A.R. Bernard, and he said something very important. He said, your attitude or your frame of mind determines your approach. And your approach determines your success or your failure. Now, on a day-to-day basis, there is one thing that you can control... And that is your thinking. Much of how we deal with difficult times happens between our ears. And Proverbs says this. He says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know, those people that say, well, come to Jesus and you won't have any more problems. They're either talking about going to heaven or they don't know what they're talking about. Look with me at John 16 and verse 33. We're going to look at it in the Amplified Version. Jesus said, I have told you these things, that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. He said, in the world you're going to have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But he didn't stop there. He goes on to say this, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to cheer up or I want you to be of good cheer. And then he goes on to define for us what cheering up means and what being of good cheer means. He says, take courage, be confident, be certain, be undaunted. In other words, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I'm certain of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in me 
will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm certain of this one thing. My Redeemer liveth. I know my Savior lives. Because He lives on the inside of me. Therefore, I'm confident. Therefore, I'm undaunted. Therefore, I am not moved. And he goes on to say, because simply, I've overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you. And I have conquered it for you. Now, the fact that he conquered it for you... Whatever it is that you're going through, he's already conquered it. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to face it, but you're going to go through it. Amen. Come on, somebody. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It has already been conquered. So, nay, in all these things, I am more than a conqueror because he has already conquered it for me. I've deprived it of its power to harm you. And I have conquered it for you. So James tells us, he tells us, count it all joy when troubles come your way. Not if they come your way, but when they do. Let's look over at Jeremiah chapter 17 now. And notice with me in verse 7 uh, through 8 of Jeremiah. Notice this with me. Blessed is the man or the person who trusts in the Lord. Number one, trust in Him. Number two, and whose hope is in the Lord. So we trust Him, and hope has to do with your expectation. So while we're trusting Him, we're expecting Him fully to come through. And the Bible says, if you do that, and when you do that, you're blessed. For this is what will happen for that man, for that person who trusts and hopes in him. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes or when trouble comes. His leaf will be green And he will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will he ever cease from yielding fruit. This verse alone ought to cause your heart to rejoice. This verse alone is a message in and of itself. When you trust him, when you hope in him, when you spread your roots out by the water of life and drink deeply of his spirit and deeply of his word, you will continue to yield fruit. Woo, glory. I want to, I want to give you today three things to remember when trouble comes. Number one, tough times don't last. Look at your neighbor and say, tough times don't last. What does that mean? That means that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And it's not a locomotive. It's the light of the world. Life is made up of seasons, is it not? And every season takes its turn, and every season comes to an end. One poem says it like this. 
No winter lasts forever. And no spring skips its turn. Tough times don't last forever. You are a testimony of that fact. Because as I look through the congregation, I know of this situation, and I know of that situation, and I know of this test that you face, and I know of the things that you're going through just by virtue of being a pastor. But the fact that you're alive and you're breathing and you made it through the night tells me that God is still on the throne. Tough times don't last. God's turning things around for us. Secondly, you can endure. You can endure. Look at your name and say, you can endure. Point to yourself and say, I can and I will. I will endure. Now, I want you to look at a scripture in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. And oftentimes I like you to read along with me because it, uh, it activates, I believe, something in the room where everybody is in one accord. Now, this is from the NLT. And I want you to read this with me. Ready? Read. Go ahead. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. Stop right there. God's what? Have you been feeding on His faithfulness lately? God is what? Faithful. Let's go ahead. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out. He will show you a way out so that you can endure. Endure means don't quit. Listen to this. Don't quit. When things go wrong, and they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high and you want to smile but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Often the goal is nearer than it seems to a faint and faltering man. Often the struggler has given up when he might have captured the victor's cup. And he learned too late when the night slipped down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out. The silver tint of the cloud of doubt. You can never, never tell how close you are. It may, it may be near when it seems afar. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. Amen. Say with me, I'm not a quitter. I am a winner. Friends, you can always, always handle more than you think you can. But you can never handle any more than you say you can. Your words are es muy importante. If we took time today, we could quote several words, several scriptures about your words. One being, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You have the privilege of hooking your tongue up with your believer and saying what God's word says about you. So when you feel like you're at the end of your rope, don't you dare give up hope. 
Don't you dare let go of the confession of your faith. But say strong in your words and strong in the word. And speak forth freely what God has declared about you. And he will take you to the other side. And you'll make it through. Hallelujah. Say, I want to make it through. Now, thirdly, this is, this is a very important one. If you're taking notes, write this down. When you're facing tough times, when you're facing tough times, the problem is not the main issue. That's the first part. When you're facing tough times, the problem is not the issue. Strength is the main issue. Strength is the main issue. Now let me show you what I mean according to the Word of God. From Proverbs 24.10, in the New King James it says this, If you faint in the day of adversity, what is small? So if I don't faint in the day of adversity, the opposite must be true. My strength is great. In the message it says this, if you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. But you know, I know that there's a whole lot more to you. Because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You've got Him in you. Amen? Now, here's another verse we want to read. Look at Proverbs 18 and verse 14. And notice with me the word strength is going to be utilized over and over again as we spend more time on this third point. And that being again, when you're facing tough times, the problem is not the main issue. Strength is the issue. In Proverbs 18, 14, ready, read. The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain... What kind of a spirit? The strong spirit of a man sustains him. We've been talking about being the sustained, right? One key to being sustained is to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And I'm not talking about gritting your teeth. I'm not talking about outward strength. I'm talking about strength that comes from the inward man. Strength that comes from the Holy Spirit. And strength that comes from the Word of God. It is the well-nourished in this day and in this hour who will flow in glory and in power. Who will rejoice in harvest and will lift up their voice and say, Oh, my God is doing a great thing. It's a brand new day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the strong spirit of a man that will sustain him in a time of trouble. The message puts it like this. This is tremendous. He says this. A healthy spirit conquers adversity. A healthy spirit. A spirit that is nourished up in the words of faith. A a spirit that has drank from the well of life. A spirit that has drawn nigh to God and waited upon the Lord and exchanged their strength for His strength. That's a healthy spirit. 
You see, a healthy spirit is a man or a woman who's walking in the spirit and is walking in the love of God. And a healthy spirit will conquer adversity. This is what is called inside strength. Everyone say inside strength. Now, we know where the problem is. The problem always comes from the outside. Amen? But the strength is where? The strength is on the inside. If there's more pressure on the outside than strength on the inside, then it's very probable there will be a collapse take place. But let's flip it over. If there's more strength on the inside... Then there's pressure on the outside. We're going over. We're not going under. Woo! Glory to God. We're going to make it through. We're going to go to the other side. Hey, if God be for you, who can be against you? Let me just quote a few scriptures about strength. Just feed on this. Psalms 27. The Lord is, the, is my light, my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalms 29, 11 says, The Lord sits enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sing, sits as king forever. Listen to this one. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. I want to show you a verse of scripture from Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 through 19. This guy had some challenges. This person faced some real adversity. Notice with me in verse 17 of Habakkuk chapter 3, he says, Though the fig tree may not blossom. You know, you make your living by selling figs. That's not good. Nor fruit beyond the vines. You make your living selling oranges or apples. That's not good. Though the labor of the olive may fail. That's not good when that's failing. And the fields yield no food. That's tough. And though the flock may be cut off from the fold, the flock aren't flocking. And as a result, there's no herd in the stalls. You think you got it bad? Look at this dude. Notice with me in verse 18. Yet. 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 Here's what I'm going to do. Excuse me, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to joy in the God of my salvation. Oh yeah, all hell might be breaking loose, but you ain't seen anybody break loose like me. I will rejoice in the Lord my God. I'll get happy. And I don't have to church, come to church to get happy. I can get happy in my home. I can get happy in my car. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. In the God of my deliverance. Look at the next verse. You better read it because I'm going to catch my breath. Ready, read, go. You stop right there. Notice this. He said, the reason why I'm rejoicing is because God's my strength. The Bible says, 
He will make your feet like Heinz feet. Now, 20 years ago, I'd have jumped off this platform. And 30 years ago, I may have been able to jump up to the third step. I'm going to run through a troop. And you're going to leap over a wall. Because although all these other things are going on, my rejoicing is going to see me through. He's going to put a step in my foot. He's going to put a praise in my mouth. That's what he's saying. And he will make you to walk on the high hills. Oh, sabre deshte veste. Ilamo sabre deshte labasta. There is an ascendancy that's taking place in the body in this time and in this hour. It's an ascendancy to go up higher and to move in greater miracles, signs, and wonders and power. There's greater things I have in store. So be not darkened by the cares of this life. Be not pulled down by anger and strife. But yea, lift up your voice and lift up your eyes to the hills from whence cometh your help. And I will cause you to be that man or that woman who rises above the difficulties. For I have power that will cause you to ascend. And I have grace that will come upon you in a greater way in this day. So rejoice and be glad. It is not a day to be sour and sad. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands up and thank you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. No more sour and sad about the past. The past is gone and must be forgotten. Today is a new day. And I will grace you and show you a greater way. So rise up and be glad. Rise up and rejoice. For the Lord is in this place. Amen. Glory to God. And so then the Apostle Paul said this. He said, you know what? I've got strength for all things. In Christ who empowers me. He said, I'm ready for anything and I'm equal to anything through him who infuses his inner strength into me. He says, that is, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. You know, Paul was leaving a group of very precious people. It was time for his departure. And he spoke to them and he said a word to them. He says, brothers, I'm commending you to the word of his grace. Everyone say the word of his grace. And he says, I'm commending you to the word of his grace. And this word, which is filled with grace, is able to build you up. And not only able to build you up, but this grace will give you something. It'll give you an inheritance. Not just when you get to heaven, but it'll give you a path and a plan and a purpose to walk out here on the earth. And I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. It'll build you up, but it'll put direction in your spirit. There are people here today that need direction. There are people here that have lost their way and they've gotten off path. The word of his grace can restore you and build you up and put you back in your rightful place. Hallelujah. That's for somebody today. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You see, the problem really isn't the main issue. Strength is the issue. In 2 Timothy 2, 1 in the Amplified, he says, Now so you, my son, be strong 
Strengthened where? Where is the problem? Strength is inward. So be strong, strengthen inwardly. Now notice, in the grace. In the grace, which is God's favor. In the grace, which is His loving kindness. In the grace, which gives you what you don't deserve. In the grace, which is God's riches at Christ's expense. In the grace, which is the operational power of God. In the grace, be strengthened inwardly. That is to be found only through who? You know, when when God, by His grace, strengthens you inwardly, don't you know that's supernatural? Many of you have had loved ones go on to be with the Lord and you're still alive today. It was the grace that saw you through that. It was the grace of God that enabled you to be strong on the inside, to face tomorrow because He lives. Because He's alive. Because He's the Because He's the God of all grace. You can face tomorrow. You can live another day. You can live through that chemotherapy. You can live through that bankruptcy. You can live through that child rebellion. You can live. Because one thing we know, our Savior lives. Our Redeemer lives. And because He lives, we can live also. Say it with me. I can make it through by the grace of Almighty God. Hallelujah. We can't make it through in the flesh. We can't make it through by our education or our good looks or or our bank account. We can only make it through by the grace of God. And we are to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I've seen God's grace come upon so many church members over the last 30 years that it is amazing. It's amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Woo! Was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. And you're better for it today. The things you have been through came from hell, but heaven sent his help. Heaven sent the helper, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace to descend upon you and to enable you to live for Him. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. The Apostle Paul was a man of God who faced great difficulty. He received abundant revelations about who we are and what we have in Christ. And as a result, everywhere he would go, Satan would, would come up to stop him. And the Bible says it was a messenger of Satan sent to buffet him. Paul's messenger of Satan was not pus running from his eyes, which many theologians say it was. Paul's thorn in the side was a thorn in the flesh, people acting up, trying to stop what he had in his heart. So don't you be surprised that not everyone falls in love with what you know and what you have. But yea, rather be strengthened inwardly by the grace of God and keep moving down the road and keep your eyes on Him. 
So the Apostle Paul had it. You ever just had it? You know? You ever just gone to the Lord and said, Oh, Jesus, take me out of here. Oh, Lord, can I just hear that trumpet? I know Gabriel's wetting his lips, but we just have the real thing. And so he went to the Lord and he said, Lord, he said, this is going on in my life. He says, I beseech you, I beseech you, let this thing, let it depart from me. How many of you are there right now? God, let this depart. And Jesus said something very powerful to Paul that he's saying to us in our hearts today. He said, my grace, it is sufficient for you. He said, my grace, Paul, is proportional. Whatever the enemy throws at you, I've got greater grace to throw at him. So let's get it on. And Paul got it. He said, yes, your grace, it's proportional. It is sufficient. And so what the Apostle Paul said after that, he says, hey, bring it on. He says, most gladly will I rejoice in my infirmities. Because I know when the infirmities come, the power of Christ is going to rest on me. The power of Christ, the Amplified says, is going to pitch a tent all around me. And so the grace of God is proportional, my dear friend, for what you're facing. And this glorious grace will strengthen you. You know, I don't know how many years ago it was, I believe it was 89, that the Oakland Bay Bridge collapsed during that terrible earthquake. Remember during the World Series? Giants and the A's. And they just finished the Oakland Bay Bridge again recently, right? How many of you have been over that bridge? It's a beautiful bridge. But they didn't just throw that bridge together. They had engineers design that bridge. And where they were designing that bridge and engineering that bridge, they had to take three things and put three stresses to test the bridge. The first stress was what they call the dead load. And basically the dead load is the weight of the bridge itself. The bridge has got to be able to hold itself up. And then the second load is the live load. That is the bridge with daily traffic over it. It's got to be able to handle that. But then the third test is the wind load. And the wind load is from the pressure of storms, the pressure of wind, and unfortunately in this area, the pressure of earthquakes. And so the bridge must be braced so that it can bear all three loads. Now look at me. You are that bridge. Hey, and God has designed you and God has engineered you with the grace of God to hold you up and cause you to be held up when any weight and pressure comes your way. Say it with me. His grace for me has no load limits. His grace is sufficient. His grace is going to hold you up. His grace, as a matter of fact, is going to take you all the way home. 
Paul encouraged the church at Rome and he said this, Guys, the God of peace is coming soon. And he's going to crush Satan under your feet shortly. (laughs) And he said, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And so this morning, I want us to access this glorious grace. I want us to put our faith out and plug into the grace of God. When you trust Him, when you believe in Him, you will experience His grace. And it's just that simple. There's not a formula to it. You don't have to go to Bible school to access it. You don't have to have a lot of money to access it. You don't have to be short, tall, fat, skinny to, to, to access it. You can access the grace of God. And you know something else? You can't work for it. It's not about achieving grace. It's about receiving grace. And so the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. That you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in your time of need. See, through many dangers and toils and snares, you've already come. How many of you have already been through something? How many of you have been through a, a, a double something? How many of you have been through a triple something? How many of you know if we gurgled the hurricane, your picture would show up on it? Every one of us have faced some difficult times. You've already come. Don't you know, like the song says, that the grace that brought you safe this far, this same grace is going to lead you home? I prophesied to you this morning, you are going to make it if you'll understand that tough times don't last. You're going to make it if you will simply endure. And you're going to make it if you will stay strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. But one thing I know for sure, we must be humble enough to receive it. There are no self-made men and there are no self-made women in this congregation today. I want to close with this verse in James chapter 4. Are you ready to access the grace of God? Have you been encouraged today? Have you been helped? You see, just knowing these three things is going to increase your strength. In James 4, 6 in the Amplified, it says, That my God gives more grace and more power of the Holy Spirit to meet this evil tendency and everything else fully. To meet this evil problem. That is why he says, God sets himself against the proud and haughty. But listen, he gives grace continually to the humble and to the lowly, and to those that are humble enough to receive it. Are you humble enough to say, God, I need you today? Are you humble enough to invite His grace to be increased in your life? You know, we don't have time to look at it, but the Bible talks about not just grace was upon them all in the early church, but great grace was upon them. Great grace is grace that's increased. The Bible says that grace and peace can be multiplied unto us through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. I don't know about you, but I only want, I I not only want it added, I not only want it great, but I want grace multiplied in my life. Well, it just seems like the trouble is multiplied. Well, grace will multiply. 
I wonder what our lives would be like with 25% more grace on us. There's nothing we couldn't overcome. I wonder what this church would be like if we just invited His grace to come upon us stronger than ever before and we had 25% more grace upon us as a church. Man, I'm telling you, Ray, we are in the best days. We're in the best days of the body of Christ. We're in the brightest days. For some it may be dark, but glory to God, we're staying and walking in the light. And I'm believing for an increase of grace. Stand to your feet right now. Let's access it right now. As Pastor Tom comes to the piano. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raise your right hand with me and say, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For your abundant grace and the gift of righteousness. I access your grace this morning with my faith. I plug in to your strength and to your grace. And I receive your grace that you said it is sufficient. It is proportional. I humble myself today and I come boldly to the throne of grace. And I ask you, sir, for an increase, for a multiplication and greater grace to come upon my life so that I may do all that you called me to do. So that I may live the way you called me to live. That I may conduct myself the way I should conduct myself. I say today that your grace has brought me this far. And your grace is going to take me all the way. Let's declare it today, Lord Jesus. I receive the grace of salvation. Sustaining grace.